Hello, welcome to the Ghoul's Guide to Santa Barbara, and I know what nyet nyet means. I don't know what movie this is from, but I just was doing a crossword puzzle and it was like, Putin's no. And I was like, oh, I know that. It just made me think about it. You too know what. Yeah. 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 Make us No. Okay. That is from what I believe is one of the undervalued classics of our time. The film Dick. Oh, okay. I haven't seen that in like a hundred years. It's so good. <laughs> like it's one of my joyous movies that I rediscover every like five years. It's got Kirsten Dunst and White Michelle Williams, and like it's just so good, so funny. Is and, it uh, about Nixon? Nixon? Yeah. Okay. yeah. I don't remember that movie. Like they oh, somehow please watch like it. solve the right. Like they happen upon the, their deep throat. The whole, yeah, yeah, they're like yeah. Oh, okay. sorry. Is it like a comedy? Yeah. It's it's so good. It's like, what is all the president's men? Is that the book or movie? I don't know. There was okay. Never, my dad was really into like the political thriller genre, but um, it's just like what would happen if Deep Throat was like two actually just girls. like two idiotic <laughs> girls. I love it. Now I'm gonna have to watch it. It's so funny. It is so funny. I don't think I'm overstating that. <laughs> Yay! So that's it. Cool. Oh, thanks, Summers. Yes, this is the Ghoul's Guide to Santa Barbara, and I'm Liz. I'm Jen. And I'm Summers. And today, Jen is going to tell us about the Lobero Theater. I am. It's 1849. The California Gold Rush is getting everyone excited about coming west to seek their fortune. It's the largest migration in American history. So... That's the setting for the beginning of our story. (laughs) This one's... So I'm going to talk about the Libero Theater, but it's going to be in some context that was appealing to me as opposed to just telling you the boring history of the buildings. (laughs) So I'm going to talk about the history of the buildings, but hopefully it won't be quite so boring. I guess I don't think of Santa Barbara as being a big gold rush area. Yeah, uh, (laughs) it was... I mean, it was kind of just, like I said, that time, like everyone was moving out west yeah. to quote unquote discover all this gold. <laughs> we know that there were clearly, obviously, people there living their lives <sighs> before they were disrupted by the largest migration in American history. Wow. One of those people seeking to make his fortune is Cornelius Vanderbilt. Like of the Vanderbilts or another That Vanderbilt? I don't know. <laughs> um, this Vanderbilt had made his money in shipping and railroads, and he sees the opportunity of uh, moving these 49ers between the East Coast and California. However, it's 1849, so there's no Panama Canal yet. So the journey from the East Coast to California, unless you do the you know, a cross country mm-hmm. wagon train route. Is that the right <laughs> time? Yeah, I guess because this is like Wild West time. The In order to go by boat, there's two legs to the journey. So you go down the East Coast into the Caribbean and then you have to travel across land in Panama. Panama was the narrowest uh, reach across. Okay. And then you would board another ship and go up the coast. Cornelius Vanderbilt 
uh, has his side steamer, the star of his fleet running between San Francisco and Panama is the Yankee Blade. (laughs) The Yankee Blade makes what used to be a three month journey down to just three weeks. Wow. And that's three weeks from Panama to San Francisco. Not the whole journey, just half the journey. Okay. The Yankee Blade offers luxurious rooms, new amenities like access to the ship's doctor while you're on board. (laughs) And uh, (laughs) so, you know, he wants he wants this ship to be a beacon of prosperity and, you know, excitement about this new fortune that you're going to gain by coming out west. Okay. He hires an artist to create a golden eagle to adorn the Yankee Blade. The eagle's made of white oak. The body is is white oak. The wings are California redwoods. And it's fully wrapped in gold leaf. Are there photos? No. There are. There are. Yes. Wait, wait. The whole ship? No. Like What's the, wrapped the, in gold leaf? Just the eagle? <laughs> the entire steamer <laughs> wrapped I know that was such a stupid question, but <laughs> I really did think that. No, just the eagle. Just the eagle? But okay. the whole eagle. Hundreds of feathers, like it's beautiful. It's a big eagle. Wow. Gold eagle, golden eagle. It is the cherry on top of the Sunday of the Yankee blade. <laughs> so, <laughs> <laughs> so in October of 1854, the Yankee blade runs aground on its journey between San Francisco and Panama. We've got a trend with uh, Jen's stories here. <laughs> Oh, yes, we do. (laughs) Because the Yankee Blade runs aground off Point Pedernales, a.k.a. Honda Point. No way. (laughs) Same (laughs) devil's jaw that has now claimed the other, the 14 destroyers from our previous story. Wow. My previous story. Um, So a quote from the October 10th, 1854 edition of the Sacramento Daily Union is, the idiot captain was racing full speed in the fog as a bet with another captain to oh see gosh. who could make it to Panama first. So once again, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so like, much proud hubris. Is that what that's called? Yeah. <laughs> exactly. So we have another cocky captain in the fog runs aground wow. at Honda Point. So the Yankee Blade splinters and sinks. Approximately forty of its twelve hundred passengers are lost. Oh, and. The ship goes down with tons of gold bullion and freshly <gasps> minted coins. Wow. Is it still there? It might be. <laughs> Is gold bullion like beef bullion? <laughs> I don't think it's tiny cubes that no. dissolve in water. Is it like gold? <laughs> gold bars like what is it yeah yeah i think it's like bars Bars. okay so i'm assuming if they called out that as opposed to the minted coins yeah. that it's probably like gold and it's did they save the eagle? original form well we're gonna get okay. to that <laughs> i gotta know <laughs> a couple months later a ranch hand on santa rosa island remember santa rosa's kind of towards nope further nope, do down remember i'll have to okay. look at a map well you can look at a map <laughs> So a ranch hand on Santa Rosa Island who's working at his uncle's cattle ranch is riding along the beach and spots some wreckage in the beach rack. The eagle has landed. (gasps) So he goes out and amongst the wreckage finds our slightly less gilded uh, eagle. Oh, buffeted by waves. Yes. Yep. So at some point, sources just referred to it as under a year, uh, some point later, Someone brings the eagle over to the mainland into the small town of Santa Barbara and ends up at a saloon owned by Jose Lobero. Huh. 
Jose Libero was born Giuseppe Libero in Genoa, Italy, before immigrating to the United States. He was a trombone player and had a dream of opening an opera house in Santa Barbara to bring some of that European culture to the Wild West. (laughs) So he thinks he's going to, you know, appeal to the population, even though at the time Santa Barbara had fewer than 3000 people. So what you need is opera. <laughs> Not just an opera house, but he purchases the site of an old schoolhouse and turns it into what at the time was the largest adobe building in California, which featured a suspended balcony and seated 1,300 people. Amazing. <laughs> so Amazing. he's going to get like half the city to show up for his venues. That's for his confident. performance. Yes. So Giuseppe has dreams. The theater opens in 1873, and after trading it at his saloon for a bottle of whiskey, the Yankee Blade Eagle is mounted proudly over the stage. Oh, is it still there? We'll get that to that. (laughs) You must know. I can't wait. (laughs) The theater managed to bring some opera to town, but it competed with the melodramas, vaudeville acts, and minstrel shows, which were popular at the time. The Eagle presided over the stage for more than 40 years until the theater went dark in 1917. Even though the gold rush had brought prosperity, there were fewer well-to-do people than not, and entertainment was a luxury at the time. The Panic of 1873 had led to many banks folding, and even though the two banks in Santa Barbara managed successfully, locals began spending less on luxuries like theater outings. So Mr. Libero, being more of an artist than a businessman, Mm -hmm. uh, even with his mildly successful musical career, his saloon, and the theater, eventually he falls into debt and starts drinking heavily. Uh Uh-oh. He ends up losing both the saloon and the theater. And when his body couldn't keep up with his drinking and it be he kind of gets older, things become more painful for him just to go about day to day life. He falls into a depression and eventually takes his own life. Oh, wow. After that, the theater limps along with little to no creative leadership. And eventually the building falls into disrepair until it was eventually declared unsafe. And it was still Adobe at this point. Okay. After that, uh, so then the 1924 earthquake um, damages the building even more. It's eventually torn down. After the earthquake, a community group dedicated to the arts decides to tear down the old decrepit opera house and build a new theater in its place. So between the teardown and the rebuild... The Eagle ends up at a salvage auction where it's bought in 1929 for $5 by a turkey farmer named Mary Kinnevin. Turkey farmer. (laughs) So Mary places the Eagle above the gate to her ranch up off the San Marcos Pass, where at some point it was shot with an arrow and the arrow had lodged into the wood, broke off. And it remained until 1961 when amateur historian Ike Bonilla has a dream where he sees the eagle, the famous eagle from the theater, the opera house, up somewhere on San Marcos Pass. <laughs> so he drives up and spots it on the Kinnevin's ranch gate. Hmm. He discusses <laughs> with, the, with the family and they donate the eagle to the Santa Barbara Historical Museum. What a crap thing to have a premonition about. Like, 
<laughs> so weird. So I weird. just I had this dream where this random e- I mean I don't know. It there was a there's another kind of amateur historian involved but it I don't know what his connection to it was. I don't know whether they had been I don't know, talking about this eagle. Hey, have you ever heard of the, you right. know, there was this, or like saw a picture. <laughs> and he just like and, a stupid boat eagle. Like, who cares? Not sure what prompted the dream. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Or whether it was like, you know, I don't know. Eagle Jesus was talking to him. <laughs> and yeah. also, like, why did she have an eagle above her turkey farm gate? Like, well, I here's do an have eagle. A, I do have a photo. Okay. And it, it's pretty common, like ran- a lot of ranches will have kind of a big gate yeah. and it has, you know, there's sort of a, but I feel like, like not an arch. Here's but- an eagle. And inside my farm, I have different birds. So why is it not a turkey? Yeah, yeah. I, exactly. I think she probably just like saw it at the auction yeah. and was like, oh, that's, that's cool. cool. I can put yeah. it in my house. I would do that. Okay. Um, eventually, Brett Hodges, both a libero and Santa Barbara Historical Museum board member, discovers the eagle worn shot with an arrowhead and covered in layers of gloopy brown paint (laughs) (laughs) he works with daisha harwood the museum executive director and chris bailey who restored the eagle to its former glory over a period of nine months uh removing every single layer of paint and recovering it in gold leaf wow We know uh, Daisha's husband. Oh. Riley. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Delightful former co-worker. So the eagle is presented in its new new glory. I don't know what's the opposite of former glory. New glory. (laughs) Renewed. Renewed. Refurbished glory. (laughs) (laughs) It's presented during the 150th uh, anniversary of the theater on February 22nd, 2023. And it now resides in the lobby of the theater. That's the story of the eagle. The Libero Theater, in its post-earthquake incarnation, is known as California's oldest continuously operating performing arts theater. But it wasn't really. It wasn't continuous, though, was it? The theater, not the opera house. Oh, what's the difference? Theater is the California's oldest continuously running performing arts theater. I don't know what the difference between the theater and the opera house is. Are they two different buildings? The opera house closed, so that's not continuously running. So so the new building is... Yes. Got it. Got yes. it. Got it. Got it. New <laughs> building. Um, so the theater, the new theater was designed by George Washington Smith and Luda Maria Riggs in the Spanish colonial revival style that George Washington Smith is known for and is now rigidly <laughs> imposed on every building in Santa Barbara. <laughs> Uh, Miss Riggs was the first licensed female architect in Santa Barbara and first oh. woman in California to be named a fellow of the American Institute of Architects. Cool. That's awesome. In its history, the theater has hosted some of the biggest names in the performing arts. Brubeck, Batson, Barrymore, Barishnikov, <laughs> and me. Uh, <laughs> what did you do there? I danced tap, ballet, oh. and jazz from the time I was five till I was 15. And my studio performed every year. <laughs> will so you I, dance for our TikTok? No, I will not. Okay. <laughs> um, so I've performed many times on the libero stage and have hung out a whole lot backstage. It's hosted graduations, exhibitions, political rallies, acrobatic shows, magic performances. And apparently in the Victorian era, they held seances every Sunday night <gasps> for tourists. Ooh. 
and on Tuesday nights in the basement for locals. Oh my gosh, I love it. I'm guessing this was probably uh, related to our friends over in Summerlin. Oh yeah. Maybe held their, some of their. Hey, Libero leadership who are definitely listening to this podcast, (laughs) bring that back. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) It would be just us every week. (laughs) Every Tuesday night in the basement. (laughs) That's where we're going to start recording this podcast. Did you ever see the basement? So I have been in the basement. I've been like, like I said, I mean, I spent a lot of time there. Mm-hmm. Um, so all of these next little things I'm going to tell you about, uh, I definitely was in the area. The Libero Theater has also been the location of multiple deaths and is relatively regarded as being haunted by multiple spirits. Hmm. So now we're going to move to April 1st, 1938. It's the West Coast premiere of Golden Boy, a Broadway show about a musically talented young Italian-American named Joe Bonaparte, who has to choose between his love of the violin and a career as a boxer. What? (laughs) (laughs) As you do. Uh, this, This play apparently was very well received on Broadway, and that's why it now is going on a touring um, trip around and this premiere is kind of the like they're testing it out before they take it on the road so this was so it opens at the libero with francis letterer as joe the title role and joseph greenwald as joe's father in front of a packed house joseph greenwald delivers his line in the second act i waited for this moment all my life and suddenly collapses, dying Uh-oh. of a heart attack <gasps> oh, in the middle of the that's show. A little, whoa. It's a little on the nose, right? Yeah. So everyone's escorted out of the building. Tickets are refunded and performances are canceled all week until they can find a replacement. And I had, um, I read about Joe and his, Joseph and his uh, life as an actor is very interesting. I thought about maybe including some more in here, but I just didn't know if I had time. So um, it's a shame about Mr. Greenwald. And Aww. I would suggest reading up on his interesting life. Um, our second little spirit we're going to talk about is Harry Pidiola. Harry was an employee of the libero who lived in a dressing room upstairs that had been converted into an apartment. He was a combination night watchman, handyman, caretaker who died in the apartment and is said to haunt the building. Whoa. So they knew he was there. He wasn't like squatting. They knew he was. No, he was not (laughs) squatting. He was squatting. (laughs) Yeah. So he was he was like a figure of the libero. Everyone that, you know, performed Mm -hmm. there knew him. And he was also like they said they said he was a bit of a drinker and then also a bit of a trickster. So, uh. Yeah, it, it's pretty well known. A lot of there's been many, many uh, reported instances of I read one where some people were down in the basement and heard things being dragged across the main stage and they went upstairs and nothing was there. Zoinkies. And then uh, they went back downstairs and heard the things being dragged back the other direction uh-huh. and they were like okay we're just gonna go now yeah, <laughs> yeah. um is the apartment still there <laughs> i don't so 
like I said, I've been in there Mm -hmm. and I've been upstairs in those dressing rooms. I don't think the, I think the room is still there, obviously, Mm -hmm. but it's probably either like a storage room or a dressing room again. Got it. Um, But yeah. Uh, There was also, there's also an article that I uh, referred to um, by Matt Mazza in the Santa Barbara Sentinel. He went and attempted to like stay in the theater. Like he basically got locked into the theater uh, and everyone left. And uh, one of the things that he reported before he quickly decided to go ahead and head out (gasps) was uh, he was sitting on the stage and he heard, uh, he heard some stuff. And then um, at one point he turned around and there was a push broom behind him on the stage that hadn't been there before. (laughs) So he was like, okay, I'm out. Wow. (laughs) Um, but yeah, so people will report general loud bangings, draggings, and shenanigans in the theater that are attributed to to Harry. <laughs> um, another well-known spirit of the theater is Dr. Frank Fowler. He was the first director of the Alcahema Theater, which was Santa Barbara's first community theater. I tried to look up, like, did he die at the libero? Like, I don't understand quite why he's connected to the libero theater. Hmm. If he was the director of a different community theater or if that community theater was, cause sometimes they refer to like a community theater as a theater group of people. Sure. Right. And then but they the perform, theater, yeah. they perform at a different theater. Like a so, um, so someone can write in and tell me that I'm wrong. Um, Where would they write in? I don't. They could contact us at our social medias or they could email us at the at ghoul's guide to Santa Barbara at gmail.com. Ghoul's guide to SB. Ghoul's guide to SB at gmail.com. Email us and tell me everything I got wrong. No, don't do that. Just just, just, just related to this group. specific episode. We're very sensitive. <laughs> Uh, so Mr. Fowler is often seen wearing a tuxedo and hanging out in the audience of the theater or the wings off stage. Multiple people have reported instances of him clapping in the theater late at night or performers on stage will look out to the audience and see a man in a tuxedo and hat and tails, uh, which sticks out from the audience who is <laughs> oh, you don't, dressed you don't in modern clothes when you... I mean, I always wear a tux and tails (laughs) when I go to the theater. I don't know about you guys. Since 1924, the theater has operated a ghost light, which is a single standing utility bulb sitting center stage that is lit by the last person who leaves at night and turned off by the first person who arrives. Ghost lights are used in theaters for both practical and supernatural functions. Before the invention of electricity, each theater had a gas generator and leaving a small flame burning prevented buildup of pressure in the lines, which could explode. Oh, okay. After several hundred theaters burned down this way, (gasps) (laughs) the switch to electric was welcomed. Not burned down because of the ghost lights, burned down because there was no lights lit and the pressure built up. And then there was an explosion. (laughs) Gotcha. Wow. So there's a tradition of leaving a small flame. To alleviate the gas pressure. Somehow through the years, tradition became superstition and leaving the light on was thought to appease ghosts and spirits. Dark stages create restless and resentful ghosts who will then create havoc. 
Another superstition claims that not leaving a ghost light on can cause bad luck for your production. Uh-huh. Uh, some believe that ghosts of former actors use the ghost lights to perform on stage. Some believe that ghosts of former actors use the ghost lights to perform on stage, with some theaters traditionally being dark one day a week to allow the spirits a day to put on their own performances. Oh, interesting. <laughs> that makes more sense. Okay, I don't believe in ghosts, but if I did, I feel like they'd have night vision. But <laughs> I know, you know, it seems weird. But it's that, cute that, like, you know, ghosts would be need our modern conveniences. I know it's cute though <laughs> if they're putting on little plays. That is, yeah. But it, what's funny is like if they're all from different eras and they're all, know, right? all in different plays. <laughs> <laughs> like, Mister Fowler, do you have to wear that tuxedo for every performance? <laughs> it's like all nonsensical. The lines don't interact yeah. in any way. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Are they? Is it like in uh, Harry Potter, where all the ghosts just have their different personalities and they just kind of float around and interact <laughs> and do their own thing? On BBC Ghosts, they do like a play at Christmas, and it's a new play. Oh yeah, but <laughs> That's... yeah, I guess it depends on your like theory of mind related to ghosts, right? Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. A dark stage can also indicate no productions running or an unsuccessful show closing or oh. a lack of funding. Okay. The Libero Theater Ghostlight Society dates back to the core donors of its rebuilding in 1924, and its members pledge their time, talent, and treasure to keep the arts alive. Ghostlight Society? Such a good name. I love it. Right? Their members are called luminaries. Oh, Oh, I like it. That's too much. (laughs) (laughs) I think it's sweet. (laughs) A quote from the Libero website states, These donors provide the leadership and support that brings life to our stage. The strong and steady support of the Libero Ghostlight Society will illuminate our behind-the-scenes efforts and, like the steadfast bulb at center stage, keep our vibrant theater from ever going dark. Cool. I like that. I like that. I like that, too. This is so interesting. (laughs) (laughs) That's kind of the entertaining history of the Libero, (laughs) the things that I found really interesting about it. Did you see recently... Gosh, was it the New York Times? Mm, there was like this list of like the 10 most beautiful theaters uh, in the yes, world. Yes, they were number 11. The Libero was number 11. Yeah. Oh, funny. <laughs> I love, I do like the Libero, but... Uh, but is it the 11th most beautiful theater in the world? I mean, I don't know. I haven't been to all of them, but like... <laughs> I haven't been to every theater. The seats are real small. They and, are. Yeah. So yeah. the current... The current Libero only holds like 600 something people. Yeah. And which like, seems very small. But I guess they, it's like intimate and. So, um, I went to a show there once and a lady who is similarly plus size to me came up and she's like, these are old seats. We're going to get real comfortable together. (laughs) And then we just like leaned on each other the whole time. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. We, we went there, the three of us. Yeah, we did. I think that was our first, was that like our first outside of work hours outing together? Maybe. We went to go see Nick Offerman and Megan Mullally. Oh, yeah, we did. That was so, yeah, that was good. That was that fun. Was a great show. But we're comfy together anyway. So it was fine. <laughs> I know, but like Cozy for up. me, that's a big thing because. To hang out with coworkers yeah, outside I of have... work. <laughs> oh, no, I meant seats wise. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Physically comfortable. <laughs> it, was, it was a milestone for me because I'm rather. <laughs> strange about blurring the lines between over. work friendship or work people and real life friends so are we ready for a magic eight ball ready for an eight ball question do you, i mean mine would just be <laughs> is the libero hunter yeah <laughs> you know what actually i have uh let's ask the magic eight ball if 
uh, Mr. Fowler died at the libero. Oh, that's good. Okay, oh, the so other that was guy. the only question. That was the only question I couldn't get answered in that my was... research. Okay. <laughs> okay. Yes, definitely. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> huh. So again, <laughs> if you can refute yeah. the magic eight ball, <laughs> feel free to Which... message us on Instagram Doubtful. at Ghoul's Guide to SB <laughs> yes, or please. Facebook at Ghoul's Guide to SB. Or YouTube, where we have a new presence, and you can kind of watch our episodes, but it's just a slide. You can listen. You can listen, and you can leave comments on the episode. Yay. You can also uh, rate and review us on, is that just Apple Podcasts, or can they? I think you can rate on Spotify also. You can rate on Or wherever. Anywhere you listen to podcasts. We're just desperate to know if anyone. We just want some interaction. Is listening and has any (laughs) strong, supportive comments. (laughs) For our because again, egos. we are sensitive. <laughs> <laughs> I just see like several nervous people trying to email us like, is this nice enough? It's fine. We're not that sensitive. We love hearing feedback and we've had some anecdotal feedback, <laughs> but we'd love to have some reviews to point out to people. Yeah. And also, please subscribe. Yes. And subscribe. Yeah. And we'll have a new episode for you each week. Woo! We're going to record them right now. <laughs> no, shh. <laughs> we record weekly. <laughs> we don't. We don't batch record. <laughs> we don't. <laughs> we may in the future, though. Who knows? <laughs> All right. Thanks for listening. See you next Bye, time. Bye. Thanks for listening to The Ghoul's Guide to Santa Barbara. Like and subscribe on Spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Ghoul's Guide to SB. Our website is ghoulsguidetosb.com. Got a spooky story or know of a haunted or paranormal location in Santa Barbara? Send it to us at ghoulsguidetosb at gmail.com.